You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a special in-person edition of Advantage Connors. Here as always, your host, Brett Connors, with my co-host, Jimmy Connors. How are you today? Yeah, we're, we're, we're here in person, which is good, but uh, we have a, a special guest today. Special guest yeah. in-house, in yeah. studio. Well, you know, just to get him over here sometimes is, uh, <laughs> is, a, is a big deal, but uh, we've been seeing a lot of him lately and because uh, we've been playing golf, but... Uh, Introduce him for us. And, and All right. Because we've, got, we've got longtime family friend, Santa Barbara legend. No. <laughs> former Chico State kicker, barefoot kicker. Right. 19 of 21 is senior year field goals. <laughs> Gerald Fall. Jerry Fall, how are you today? What's I'm going on? I'm doing fine, Brett and Jimmy. Thanks for having me on. This oh, is, are you this kidding? This is wonderful. Jerry, I'm we we, we, we got to get right into this because you know we uh, first of all uh, we we'd love for you to come over and and uh, you know because we because we see you and and played we played golf, golf yesterday we, you know, played golf yesterday and you know but it's it's like we we never see you enough because you know you you we we have been friends you know I was just uh, you know uh, thinking beforehand uh, it's got to be uh, thirty years or so right. Uh, and and we met because you you were doing uh, the sports for a, a local TV station, mm-hmm. and uh, we lived in San Inez, and you were covering the the high school football team, and and so uh, we we got together, we met, uh, we became friends, we played golf, you know, starting way back then, uh, and and so you've been you know a friend of our family for so long, and and uh, as I say, we we never see you enough because you know uh, even though Santa Barbara is small, it's not. Right. Uh, and and cuz everybody's got their thing to do. Well, he's a busy right. guy. I mean, he, he covers every sport in <laughs> yeah. the in the city. He's got cameras, he's got a crew. Uh Jerry, tell us what's going on. Tell us what's going on with you right now. Well, I uh am fortunate enough to own a video production company which we video stream the UC Santa Barbara sporting events. So we're we're starting up this Saturday with uh their women's soccer match against Westmont, but we do soccer, basketball, baseball, volleyball. We do all the sports out there. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And this this is kind of on the heels of me doing TV sports for 25 years um, as a sports anchor. And I, I enjoyed that very much. And Jimmy, you were always kind to interview with, you know, for me and with me. And Bretter, you helped me on that Friday Football Focus show, which, right. which we uh, covered. We covered uh, Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, and San Luis Obispo County doing all the all the high school football. Right. And I can tell you right now, I'm blown away at how bigger, faster, stronger these high school football players are than when I did it. I mean, than when I covered them and mm-hmm. I stopped in 1999 or 2009, I beg your pardon. I stopped broadcasting in 2009, but they, they were just unbelievably talented then. And I can't believe the size of these guys now and what they're doing now. Right. Right. Well, Friday Football Focus, just to give a little background on that, was a was a show that would air Friday nights after the 11 o'clock news. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So every night, 11 o'clock news. But then Fridays, they would have a, what, 45 minutes? Right. 45 minute show. So you'd watch 15 minutes of news. Then it would go to Friday Football Focus uh, with you and Clanny, mm-hmm. right? Mike Clan. Mike Clan. And the idea of the show was uh, you, you and Clan and, and a few other people would get sent out to the different high schools around mm-hmm. Santa Barbara and all the different counties. And you would film the first half at one school. Mm-hmm. drive across to another school, film the second half at the, at the other school, drive back, edit the highlights, put together your shot sheet. And then at 11, 15, you'd go on and give all the highlights. Right. And that was one of the first kind of shows of its kind, wasn't it? At least in California. I think. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And it was, it was a great show. It was started by a man named David Bolton, who uh, lives here in Santa Barbara and has his own production company as well. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun, Brett and Jimmy. It was a lot of pressure too, because you know, that we'd have interns that would do these shot sheets for us, which are the highlights that we're going to describe. And a lot of times Mike and I didn't see the shot sheet until we were live and reading it. So, so penmanship, yeah, penmanship (laughs) was a big deal. And you, I'll tell you what, Jimmy, the one thing you don't want to do is screw up a kid's name because then, then the parents get upset. Everybody gets upset. So we had always, uh, encouraged our, our interns to, please write legibly so we could, uh, we could read it, but it, it was a lot of fun. And that's kind of how I got to know you guys even more was through the TV stuff. Yeah, but you had to make a lot a of friends, right? Uh, oh, you know, yeah. With all the kids that you covered back then, do you still, you know, uh, see them, talk to them, you know, uh, Some of them obviously I do. probably they have kids of their own that you, uh, yeah. uh that yeah. you know are out there playing. Too. Every once in a while, Jimmy, I get a, a guy that comes up to me that, um, that, uh, I used to cover in high school. And, and it's amazing how fast time flies because some of these guys, I recognize some of these guys, I don't, uh, but it's, it's amazing. And you know what, to me, it was so gratifying because you can't, I mean, I love watching kids do well. I hate seeing kids on the front page of a newspaper. Sometimes it's bad, Mm -hmm. but you put them on the front page of a sports section or you put them on Friday football focus or something like that. And it makes them feel really good about themselves. Mm. And I think kids today need to need reasons to feel good about themselves. There's a lot of, I don't want to be a kid today. There's a lot of pressure on them. Right. You know, you, you made an interesting statement that uh, you said, you know, the, the players today, how bigger, stronger, faster, mm-hmm. you know, that they are, what, what, what changed that? What made all that uh, come about to, to the way things happen now? Is that time timing? I, you know, Jimmy, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, uh, the personal trainers are out there today. The, the advanced technology and equipment is Diet. out there today. Diet. Mm. I mean, you've got all these nutritionalists. When you played on tour, I'll bet you wish you had half of these people that, that are going today. No. No? <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting you say that. I, I, I don't because, you know, I was... Uh, I, you know, the way I was trained, the way I was taught. And, and you know, I, I was never in a gym and you know, everything was, uh, you know, on the court for me. And, and I, you know, I've said that with Brett, talked about this so often that, that uh, you know, nobody's ever won a, a match from the gym. Mm-hmm. You, you know, right. so, you know, my training and, you know, my diet and everything, you know, Christ, I was on my way to play the finals of the U.S. Open, Jerry, and I stopped and had two hot dogs on the way. Yeah, yeah you know, exactly. And, Jerry but, knows that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite dish. Right. Yeah. Oh, know, no, yeah. But but it's, you know, I guess it's it, it's everybody. But you're right. I guess there's so much out there and so much available for all these kids now, right? It's just mm-hmm. a matter of they take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, I think, don't you think if you grew up, now, like, I mean, you were, you were referenced back. Well, when I played, I ate this and, you know, there's pictures of you and Borg on court with like sodas after one of your matches, you know, yeah. Coca-Cola's or something like that. But if you grew up now with like, you know, when, cause like now what happened is you came along, you built, you guys took the sport to a level. Then the people who come after you jump on top of your shoulders when what you've done and build on top of that and build on top of that, you know, like people come after them and they build right. and build. Right. So don't you think if you came along now, you'd be like, well, shit, maybe like, maybe I should, you know, do a little better with my diet at least weeks I play or, or train differently or, or maybe do some weights or, or stuff like that. Do you think you would change it? Up? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, uh, if I was put in the position of being a, a plane today, I, you know, I'd certainly, you know, would, would sit down and, and look at all the positives, you know, and then kind of pick and choose. I mean, that, that's the way I, I think all uh, great athletes, you know, whether it's Joe Montana or, you know, Muhammad Ali or mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky, you know, they, they look at, you know, the Michael Jordan, you know, you name them, whoever uh, you want to talk about, they look at 
those that come before you and they take a little bit of this because they liked it from, you know, some somebody they followed, one of their heroes, but, you know, they don't take it all. Mm-hmm. Right. They, you know, they, they'll take a little pick and choose to, to incorporate that into, uh, in, in, into their their career, their body, their mental attitude or whatever. So mm-hmm. that they can, you know, push it, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, make them even better. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, exactly. We always talk about like Martina, like Martina came and it was like one way. And then Martina's like, look, we're getting in shape. We're right, taking yeah. diet serious. You know what I mean? And she yeah. kind of changed Cross training. The, she changed the game. And then after that, anyone who's come along who hasn't taken it at least more serious than before, probably falls off the wayside. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not able to make it because everyone is building on top of what Martina did to change the game. Right. So I think, you know, like you guys did so many of those things and then just people are just building on top of it. And they're like, well, you know, I've got the strokes, I've got this, you know, now what? Maybe I'll figure out my diet. You know, maybe I should lift some more weights. You mm-hmm. know, I remember mm-hmm. we watched something with you on like 60 minutes once where you were working with some guy on your serve and it was like some digital thing where the guy was like filming you from above and it was like a kinetic thing there was some sort of like early computer thing where he was like filming in you and it was like you were trying to get a couple more miles per hour on the serve or something was like the was like the the segment maybe maybe that's why i don't like that because that never worked out <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed oh, to say yeah. it worked perfect, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I, I think it worked out 87 well. to 88 hey, miles there per you hour. Go. i think it worked out pretty well <laughs> you know it's interesting you say that brett because they're doing that with major league baseball pitchers now they're trying to get more miles per hour uh, on their velocity, you know, their fastballs, yeah. because the fastball, everything, you know, feeds off the fastball, the curveball, the slider, the, you know, the change up, the, the faster you throw, the more deception you have uh, with your other pitches. And they're, they're trying to do that now, too. But getting back to the uh, what you asked me, Jimmy, about how, you know, all these guys are just getting bigger and faster and stronger today. I was listening. I'm a New York Mets fan. I was listening to a recent doubleheader and the broadcasters were saying, after so-and-so completes his outing today, I forget who, I may have been Taiwan Walker, their starting pitcher. Um, it was a day-night doubleheader, so there was like three or four hours in between games. He's going to go lift for two hours after mm. the game. He's going to mm. go lift, and he's pitching. Yeah. Right. And it's like, wow, when does it stop? And it's, it doesn't. It's a 12-month job, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you want to be at the top. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it, you know, uh, you know, we've talked many times, Jerry, on the golf course that sometimes mediocrity has become acceptable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and uh, it, it, but uh, you know that that's where, in my opinion, that you know the the internal uh, feelings of that athlete uh, that says, you know, I'm not satisfied with only throwing 96. I want to mm-hmm. get to 98. You know, and, and pushing themselves and right not being afraid to do that. You know, th- those are the ones that that. Uh, go to the gym for two hours and and take care of themselves and and uh, and go on. But uh, uh, your your first love though is baseball, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I love baseball. Also, e- real quick, easy to go to the gym after pitching when you only pitch every fifth day. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but, well, but they also they also run, they throw, they right, right. do I'm all just sorts saying. of. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but I I was never a gym rat. I was never somebody who liked going and lifting weights and stuff like that but no. they I, I imagine they have these personal trainers around these guys especially these tennis players and these golfers and the baseball players and football players and hockey and basketball I mean they're not just going in there and lifting right I mean mm. they've got somebody there saying hey you're lifting for this purpose not necessarily to bulk up but for a pitcher you want to have more flexibility and just like a tennis player and I would imagine that that these guys, it's, it's just, it's, it's a full-time job. Like yeah. you said, Jimmy, if should you want to be. be great. Right. It should be. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, to, to me, you know, I, I, I see that and, and I go, uh, I mean, you know, well, how do I feel about that? Yeah. You know, but, but you're right, Brad. I mean, if uh, it's like my friend Eddie Dibbs said, you know, we were talking one time and, and he said that, uh, well, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if he's in there training, and and there's one guy that passes you up, you'd probably go, well, you know, it's just one guy, right. you know. But if thirty guys are passing you, yeah. you know, because yeah. they're in the gym and they're working, then you're going to look and say, wait a minute, maybe this works. Maybe I should start you right. know, trying to figure something out. Right. So so I guess my my question would be, you know, who lays that out for for the athletes now? I guess for a team competition, it's. It's the organization. It's there. I would, I, would, I would imagine it's the organization. They want like everybody, you know, you know this better than anybody, Jimmy. I, people's bodies are different. Like Jacob DeGrom, the great pitcher for the Mets, 
you know, he's a tall, slender guy. He's not one of these big, bulky guys. So they probably have him lift a certain way and do things a certain way rather than somebody who's maybe bigger than him that can put on more, you know, on the weight bench and, uh, and stuff like that. But I, I think it's fascinating how, how these guys just continue to work out and train and just get better and better. And, you know, something that I'm kind of reminded of a little bit is, you know, the steroid era in baseball took off because so many guys were doing it. And I think it's to your point, Jimmy, you know, the, the guy next to him in his locker sees, you know, how, how are you right. getting, how are you getting this much bigger and hitting mm. the ball that much farther and throwing it that much harder? Geez, what are you doing? I got to do that. Right. And I wonder if it caught steam that way. And I think well, tennis, I think tennis is a super monkey see monkey do sport too. Cause it's like this traveling group and you're all with your competitors everywhere. You know, in other sports, you're with your teammates everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you go with your team, you're eating dinner with your team, but like you go to tennis, you eat dinner in the cafeteria. There's the other players. You see, oh, he's eating pasta. Why is he eating pasta? Oh, he's carb loading. Oh, maybe I should carb load, you know? Yeah. And then the guy starts hitting the buggy whip forehand like Nadal. Now everyone has a buggy whip forehand. You know, like everyone, mm-hmm. why is he covering this angle? You know, everyone does it because it's an immediate reaction, counter reaction, like sport. Right, right. Like I'm hitting to you and, and now that's affecting me negative. How can I counter that? And, and so like it's, it, I think it just spreads. And, and tennis was one of the last sports to do it. Like it's always compared to boxing. Think about it, but boxing has a corner man, a cut man, a coach, a you know, yeah, trainer. Right. You know, tennis was kind of the last to get like a quote unquote team. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. sports all have it. Like you said, that the organizations provide the the food, the this, the that. They you know they have it all. And tennis was kind of the last to kind of start to bring you know like more than just you know your entourage. Now you have like a fitness guy, and you have a physio, and you have a, you know mm-hmm. a, a guy who cooks your food or whatever, mm-hmm. a masseuse. You know, right. Exactly. So. But, but like Jimmy, in your case, the people you had around you when you played, you're still the boss. I mean, you, you, you tell them what to do. I think in an organization, the organization is telling the player, hey, we want this. We want to do this with you. We want this out of it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, yeah, true. that's That's interesting because, you know, tennis is an individual sport, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, when... You're like you, the organization. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, but then... You know, if that was new, new to me, you know, what could I tell my, you know, my team or whatever to do for me? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's kind of, you know, my thinking of, of that. That's why, you know, it fascinates me to see, you know, guys, you know, when, when you know, I go to a tournament that they're in the gym and they're lifting weights. And I remember one guy at Wimbledon, this is uh, eight or 10 years ago, I was there and, you know, he's bench pressing like 300 pounds. Right. You know, and, and I, that's unbelievable. I just, I just turned around and I walked back and I say, how much is that? You know, and he he says, 300 pounds, man, I'm, I'm strong, you know, (laughs) and and, and, and I, and and, 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 and then I couldn't let it go. I'm such an ass. I couldn't let it go. And I said, by the way, how are you doing in the tournament? He says, oh, I lost yesterday. (laughs) You know, know, but, but, you know, for me, I, you know, that's, that's what, uh, you know, I had to learn, but, but I, you know, in my training, you know, I had my grandfather who taught, you know, trained me like mm-hmm. a boxer and, you know, and, and did that, you know, I would need somebody to, to tell me that, you know, I, I couldn't be, uh, you know, the organization because, because I don't know, right. I, I would know how, how much weight to put or how much to push it or how much this or that, you know, because I'm, I'm an overdoer, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have overdone it, you know, to the point of, you know, if I'm going to do, uh, do that, do I hurt myself? Right. You know, so I guess there's that fine line, right, that, uh, that's come into sports. Yeah. Well, I've got, I got one for both of you. How does Nadal get along with that big body of his out there? I mean, because you look at Rafael Nadal, he looks like a wide receiver in football. I'm not sure he's big enough to be a tight end, but he's a big, muscular guy. And then you look at the other players out there, and they don't have the same body type. as How does he get away with that? I mean, very well. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a, not as bulky as he used to be. Like when he takes his shirt off now, he's like slimmed down. So okay. I, don't, I don't think he carries in as much weight. But I mean, for a lot of his career, you know, he's been a strong big dude. Uh, he's slimmed down now. Another guy who's come on is Alcaraz. Have you mm-hmm. talked, seen much with him? Mm-hmm. And he's built like a truck too. Right. You know, but that's uh, one of the things with tennis is like, there's a lot of players who do all the things, check all the boxes. You know, mm-hmm. they can hit the forehands, they can bang the baseline, they can, you know, hit the serve, they look the part, they go to the gym, they work out, they don't know how to play tennis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, and then Not there's, at that there's, level. And then there's guys like Medvedev, 
who looks like he might be like a 40 year old man who, if you didn't know he played tennis, you'd walk past him on the street or mm-hmm. sinner. Who's right. like a tall slang, you know, slim mm-hmm. lanky dude probably doesn't lift that much weights and like cracks the ball better than anybody. Right. Timing. Yeah. Timing. Yeah. You know, yeah. golf and tennis, you don't have to be a mutant like gym person to guarantee, you know, like fed's mm-hmm. not a big guy. Fed and Djokovic are skinny. You look at the back of like fed and Joker's arms, you know, like back here, it's, right. it's not like some huge muscle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So I think that's what's cool about tennis is that, you know, there is no set one way to, to be or to look or to go about it. Right, right. right. Well, yeah, you know, you, you know, we talk about sports and, and uh, you know, so many uh, things happen in sports that affect our lives. And, you know, I, I know, you know, you're a big baseball guy. We just uh, just lost Ben Scully. Yeah. Uh, that you know, made the, me sad, Jimmy. Yeah. 94 the, years old. He had a great life, you know, from the outside looking in. To tell our viewers who Ben Scully Oh, the voice of the Dodgers for 67 years. For 67 years, he was the voice of the Dodgers and uh, just was a a master at painting pictures with words. And, and, uh, you know, even at his late, you know, at the late stages of his career, he would would be doing baseball games by himself. Mm -hmm. I can tell you from firsthand experience broadcasting, UC Santa Barbara baseball, when you have to sit there for three plus hours and broadcast a baseball game, you want an inning off or two Mm -hmm. innings Mm -hmm. off or something like that. You want a break. And he, he was just such a master at, at everything he did. And I mean, is it tragic that we lost him at 94? Well, it's sad. It's tragic if we lose somebody at 44. Right. But uh, it's it's just sad. You just don't want to see somebody like that exit this earth because we just don't have enough of them, you know, as far as people goes. I don't think. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I came from St. Louis and, and uh, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals were, you know, uh, as popular a baseball team. Uh, you know, it's I, I, I think they've sold out every season for the last 50 right. years right. Or, or whatever. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, baseball uh, baseball town. And and we had uh, you know Harry Carey and and Jack Buck mm-hmm. you know were the voice of the Cardinals when I was growing up. Uh, Harry Carey eventually moved to Chicago and uh, was the voice of the of the, uh, Cubs. Of the, of the Cubs. But why uh, did he have to leave St. Louis? But, <laughs> 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 he got into it maybe with the, he, he wanted, with the he, wrong. He, he wanted to see the uh, the lights of Chicago. Yes, <laughs> we'll we'll keep it there, right? right? You know, but but you know also, I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, uh, you know the. You know, you're listening, you know, back then radio was big and, you know, you're listening to the voices on the radio. So you said it right. Painting the picture, mm-hmm. you know, of, 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 you know, a young kid like like me listening to the radio, you know, and, and the Cardinal baseball game. And, and uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, and then, you know, to take a bus over there and skip school one day. And, oh, that was, you know, those you were know, the best. You know, those just, were the best sneak in, sneak in was was pretty cool, too. Yeah. But, but, you know, listening, you know, to the voices, I mean, there's been some. Uh, uh, unbelievable uh, Harry Carries and Jack Bucks and right. Vin Scully's that have uh, then and Dick Enberg Dick and, and Dick Vin. And, yeah well Vin was great I feel like because he would weave the game and like this other story that was always going right. on like together exactly so he would like dip into the game strike ball two you know or ball two Ooh. three and two count here in the bottom of the second yeah. inning and then he would go and dip right back into whatever story he was telling mm-hmm. whether it was like a long story that had been going on the whole inning or if it was a tidbit about that player's family or where he came mm-hmm. from his minor league record and he would just like weave it in and out and never miss a pitch and never miss a beat yeah yeah never yeah. miss a beat i remember Bretter a couple of a uh, couple many many years ago the dodgers were playing um a very important game late in the season. It was, it had playoff implications and division title implications and everything like that. I, I forget who they were playing. We'll just say the giants. And um, they were down a run uh, in like the eighth inning and they come up with nobody out and the base is loaded in the eighth inning and can't score. And they end up losing the game. But right after that eighth inning ended, Vin Scully said, folks, have you ever locked your keys in your car? The Dodgers just locked their keys in their car. You know, we'll go to the ninth inning. And I just thought I I never forgot that Mm -hmm. because today broadcasters will say, well, they they blow a golden opportunity or they choked it away or here come all the cliches. But Vin Scully and Jack Buck and 
and Harry Carey, they they weren't cliche at all. They you you lived on every word they said. Uh, had their own language, right? Oh yeah. yeah. And then I was telling you guys on the golf course yesterday, they were you know putting up a whole bunch of quotes after Vin passed away, and and one of the ones that I'll never forget was, uh, "Don't be sad that it's over. Smile that it happened." Yeah. You yeah, know, that's big. That's and that's one. just, yeah. if you think about it, I mean, one of a kind. Right. One of a kind. Who's been your favorite interview that, that you, you know, uh, you know, whether, you know, you covered down. Yeah, what did you like covering the right. most? What sport? Uh, well, we I went love, to some football games. We went we? to some. Some Raider games, Raider games, and whatnot. Um, I remember we went one time. You're in the we're in the locker room afterwards. Jerry's got the handheld camera and he's doing the interview, and everyone's just sitting there with you know in their towel or with their you know just dangling out. And Jerry's just there. So how'd you do in that third and goal? With the mic right in their face, sitting there, towel naked. Well, Brett's a big guy, so I had him standing next to me, Jimmy. So that helped. Well, not to blow not to blow sunshine, but you were one of my favorite interviews, Clanny and I. Clanny and I came up to the house here you were gracious enough to let us interview you when uh, uh and I, I you had uh, just taken over uh coaching and you you were kind enough to let us talk to you here at the house and so you know I never I never forget those and unfortunately you never forget the ones who maybe aren't so pleasant um because you know the one thing that's really disappointing to me about maybe sports and movie celebrities and whatnot as you're pulling for somebody and you're a real fan and then you meet them and it's like, wow, this mm. is a disappointment. You know, <laughs> this is, this is not quite what I envisioned, but when you took over Roddick, you let us talk to, to you about it. So that was wonderful. And, uh, you know, um, the, I think the, I interviewed Wayne Gretzky one time. He was so humble. He was such a nice man. And I know he's yeah. a friend of your guys and uh, real humble guy. And the, I mean, the greatest of all time, right? In right. hockey. Good golfer himself. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. He still down at Sherwood. I think, I think I'm not sure. I think he moved down to Florida. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A lot of, a lot of the golfers are down there and I think uh, he's down around Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of golf down there, a lot of great courses, and and uh, yeah. So uh, you know, California is is uh, has got a lot of courses too. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of the the athletes now have moved down that way. Yeah. yeah you know, uh, tax think, reasons uh, really yeah, help, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. But I always I always enjoyed you know and like. You said, brother, we were, you know, at the Raider game and in the locker room. It's a, it's a whole different setting. You know I mean, as you know, you've done broadcasting yourself, but I mm. mean, um, you know, the first time I interviewed you was, was uh, in San Jose. You had played, and that's when they had the Volvo series. Right. And you played in San Jose and Arthur Ashe had died that day. And somebody asked you a question. Uh, they wanted your response about Arthur Ashe. And you, your response was, well, he didn't take it lying down, did he? And uh, I thought that was just, uh, you know, just spot on. I mean, it was great. But it, it's intimidating when you interview someone like yourself or Wayne Gretzky or, you know, you guys had Mike Tyson on the show. It's intimidating at first because you, you don't want to piss the person off. And you also don't want to ask a stupid question. Right. <laughs> but out of nerves, you could ask a stupid question. Yeah. But you, you know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, you know, I, I did a little broadcasting and, and, uh, when when I was up to to work for NBC back in uh, back in ninety, uh, uh, when I I'd blown out my wrist and you know I wanted something to do, so uh, I, I got in touch with uh, with uh, NBC, and so they sent me on a uh, on an outing to go and and to to do an interview, uh, and and I and they said who would you like to interview, and and um, Charles Barkley was, you know, mm -hmm. I, who I'd known and, and I played team tennis in Phoenix and got to know him a little bit there, played some golf with him. And I said, I'd love to interview Charles Barkley. And, you know, and, and Charles at the time wasn't light on that, uh, right. you, you know, and, and I said, you know, I said, just, you know, I called him, I said, Charles, Jimmy Connors. And he says, uh, uh, he says, yeah, okay. You know, come come on up. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, he was kind enough to sit down and he, and he, and, and he, basically looked at me and he said, he says, listen, I'm happy to sit down with you because I know you've been there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I remember that because, you know, uh, you know, I know, you know, what, what guys go through, you know, to, to try mm -hmm. to be the best and, and to make a reputation and, and to, 
to, uh, to be who they are, you know, which is sometimes not what people want, uh, you know, to, to let Barkley be Barkley or Jordan be Jordan, or right. Rez, you know, and, and sometimes that's not, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what the, what the press or, you know, what the, the powers that be want. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, a, it was an interesting interview with him. Uh, because he was honest and straight to the point. He didn't meet around any bush. And, and you don't get that, uh, you know, from a lot of guys. And, you know, you said it earlier, you know, they got their little cliches. Well, you know, yeah. I, I played some awful good tennis and boy, that forehand. And, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know was, give me a three second interview and tell me something to blow my top off. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I, be Vin I, Scully. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. It, that's an interesting, uh, interesting point because you said you would meet people and you would have an image of them in your mind. And mm-hmm. then they would be something different. And that would be like disappointing. But in a way, isn't it also like, I don't know how to say, gratifying or authentic in a way where like, would you want them to be the thing you wanted to, even if it was bullshit, like cliches, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, could he go into the, well, I know this is what, you know, like if, if it was him, Barkley be like, well, let me put on my face and give the answers that I think he wants. Or can he go in and beat, let it rip? You know, right. because, you know, and then dad respects that more because, hey, like that's really him, at least like it or, you know, like mm-hmm. it or leave it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that where where I was coming from, Brother, was like if somebody's just down and out rude to you. I was in a Dodger clubhouse one time doing an interview with Jesse Orozco. Um, I, I was down there to do an interview with Jesse when he was pitching with St. Louis. But I I just kind of ventured over into the. Uh, into the Dodger clubhouse. And I, I'm not going to say the player's name, but um, this female reporter and her camera operator were passing his locker. And he said, don't turn that effing camera on me or else I'll shove that microphone up here. You know what? I mean, here's a woman. You're saying mm-hmm. that to a woman and right. th- they weren't even, I mean, she crossed right in front of me. They had no interest in stopping and talking to this player. Right. But he maybe felt, that's why he said that's that. Why I said, <laughs> yeah. 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 A little yeah. attention. But that, that's what I'm talking about. It's like you walk away and you think, gosh, you know, how, right. how rude and obnoxious was that? And it, this wasn't a player I particularly pulled for, you know, or, or followed, but it would be really disappointing to me if, if uh, you know, like a Jacob deGrom, who I, I have interviewed and met and who's a sweetheart of a man. But if he were that way, I'd be really disappointed because I'm a big fan of his, Mm -hmm. you know. It would be fun to track down that Barkley interview. Oh, yeah. Did did they ever let that air or was it like a test interview they did just to like. I don't uh, don't know. Maybe. maybe See how you did. Maybe they burned it. (laughs) Does he still have that hitch in his swing and his golf swing or is. Has he gotten not rid of on that? the practice swings? No, the practice swings are good, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, we should get but, him on here. He'd be a good guest. Yeah, he oh, would, he'd he, be great. Also, I love fun. what you said about him, Jimmy. He just shoots you straight forward, doesn't he? Yeah, but I, I think that's what that's part of his popularity. You right, know, even he's to, honest. Even you know on the uh, on the on his basketball program that he's on, and 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 what he does, and the way he talks, and. You know, I mean, he's not, I mean, he, he's, he'll call guys out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, you know, and, 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 uh, and they don't like it, do well, they? I mean, you know, what the hell? I mean, exactly. you, know, you know, you're, you're not. That's okay. Saying, they cannot like it. That's yeah, the thing. It's yeah. like people cannot like what he has to say. Mm-hmm. And he's cool with that. Yeah. You yeah. I, but I, he's going to get, he's going to, he's going to be honest with you. And I think that's the, what people appreciate about him the most, right? Is just his bluntness and definitely. honesty. Yeah. Yeah, you know, speaking speaking of Charles, they I think they've uh, you know talked to him about going and doing some commentary on the on the LIV uh, golf tour. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, that'd be kind of interesting to hear him up there. Yeah, uh, you know, and what he oh, has to yeah. say. You think he'll leave TNT? I think he'd have to leave TNT if he wants to. Do, do you it. think yeah. TNT would force him to leave if he took Probably. the job? Probably. I think TNT don't they have PGA ties? Don't they have some tournaments? Oh yeah, TNT yeah, you're right. I don't know. Yeah. You're um, right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As summer winds down and your schedule gets busy, set yourself up for success with the ultimate time and money-saving hack, EveryPlate. At first, I thought meal kits had to be expensive. 
But turns out every plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like that bag of spinach you throw away every week. When your weekdays and nights get jam-packed, every plate will help you get delicious meals on the table without breaking the bank. You can skip your weekly trip to the grocery store, too. Choose between 18 recipes that change every week and swap proteins and sides to your liking, so you can switch up your dinner routine however you want. Simple, stress-free recipes come together in just six steps and are ready in around 30 minutes or less. I know I'm a fan of every plate. I love all the different recipes and choices that come in the box. I'm always excited to open them with my girlfriend and see what we have inside. Get your first box for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code CONNORS149. That's $1.49 per meal at everyplate.com with code CONNORS149. What do you think about the whole LIV stuff? I, I just am blown away at how, what a hard stance the PGA Tour is taking, you know, mm-hmm. with these guys. And, uh, and I think that, that uh, you know, I mean, where the money is coming from is the thing that really has people bothered. I mean, you're talking about the Saudi uh, families over there and the, the, the rich Saudi uh, people and, and, uh, and they're not the best at treating human beings um, the way we would like to see human beings be treated. And I think that that's what people are really pissed off about is these guys are taking their money and I think they print money over there, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed at the stance the tour has taken and, and, uh, Monaghan is, is that the commissioner? Jay Monaghan. Jim, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, and like you, you, you go this way, fellas, keep going because the door doesn't open up behind you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, they, uh, some of the players, uh, you know, go with, uh, go with the LIV tour uh, and then they, they still want to play on the, on the PGA tour and come and play the, 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 the FedEx, mm-hmm. the FedEx Cup. Now the next three tournaments are, you know, for the championship leading up to Eastlake in Atlanta. Uh, and, and so, you know, I mean, it's not like you're, you know, they, they don't want to say I'll take A or I'll take B. They, they, it seems to me like they want C, you right. know, you know, want them both, want, right. want both. But if they're looking to play less and not play as much, how come you're going to play the, the LIV tour and you want to play some of the other tour? You, right. So then are you back playing the same amount of tournaments? Right. Exactly. You, you know, they so want their cake and eat it too. A little yeah. Bit, yeah. Like. But you know, <laughs> but you know, listen, it's not, if you can get it, why not? Uh, right. You know, if you can get it, but, but it seems like, um, yeah, the sand, and you know, I'm not, I'm not a deep diver into this. It's just kind of what you know, the feel, and and mm-hmm. and, and what I see and what I read and and things is is that uh, you know the stance and and hearing a lot of the the players that have stayed and supported the PGA Tour, they're not happy with it. Mm-hmm. You know, no. they, they you know either you know stay in and but but it is interesting, and and this is interesting from my standpoint that all all of a sudden you know the 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 LIV Tour comes on, and all of a sudden they add. Twenty more million dollars to eight events, right? You know, Ooh, right. where they find that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, kind of to your point there, Jimmy. I mean, Mickelson, what did he get? Two hundred million dollars for going something there? Like that, Some, yeah. Something like that. Well, I think it came out in the court this week that the their prize money is all is pulled from their guarantees. So I don't think they're oh, making guarantees okay. and prize money on top of it. Okay. So I think, yeah, that's been something that's had to be cleared up because in the court it came out. Right. right. Well, but I mean, you're, you're, you're wanting to, you know, set your family up for life. You want to set your kids, your yeah. grandkids up for life. How, on one hand, how do you say no to that? Somebody's going to pay you $200 million to, to do something legal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not illegal, but legal. To play yeah. golf. Yeah. To play golf. I yeah. mean, so I, you know, it's, it, I, I think the, the PGA tour, I, I, it's going to be interesting because I think some of these LIV golfers now have filed a lawsuit against the tour, right? And yeah. they, and they got, they got turned down and they, oh, they did. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. They, they got turned down. I think so. They? Yeah. They can't play in the playoff in the, in the oh, in the FedEx playoff. Yeah. Now it doesn't the, I mean, don't they have to accumulate points to play in the U S open and, and uh, ranking points or something mm, like that? I'm not sure how that works. I know like, cause DeChambeau won the open a couple years ago. He you gets get a like 10 year exemption. Yeah. He gets yeah. exemptions. Yeah. Okay. You know, okay. So I don't know about other guys though, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, man, it's just a, a weird thing. Cause I always come back to, if you're going to be mad at Saudi Arabian money, then like it needs to come from 
this is top down too. Like, you know, our, our government shouldn't be allies with them. And right. We shouldn't be selling them arms. That's and, a good point. You know, like you can't put it on the freaking individual uh, contractor. So mm-hmm. somehow it's on the individual contractor who has no guarantee, no setup for anything. He's out there just trying to make a living. But like the government selling arms and we're in, you mm-hmm. know, bed with him and this and that and deals and Biden's going over there meeting with the guy, you know, and like all right. that stuff. So it seems weird that it's like, well, it's on these golfers to figure out this world diplomacy issue, <laughs> not <laughs> exactly. on politicians and people who normally would take care of that. Yeah. And that's unfair pressure to put on the golfers, I think. Right. You know, I agree. Yeah. So it's an interesting uh, scenario, you know, to, to balance the money uh, against going and playing the best every week and trying to be the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so if you have a guy like, uh, you know, uh, Tiger or, or, uh, Rory McIlroy or, you know, guys that have won multiple majors and, you know, been at the top of the game and, you know, for, you know, 10 years or, or, or more, mm-hmm. you know, and all, all that, you know, so, you know, they, they've, really made their worth by playing against and beating the, you know, the best in the game. Right. You know, so, so now I I can see, you know, where now maybe for somebody like that, who is, is, has done that, that, that the scale tips a little bit in their direction say, well, you know, shit, I've, I've paid my dues. I've won my titles. I've, you know, now I'm going to cut back. Mm -hmm. I want to take the money. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and, but on the other hand, you know, guys that, that haven't uh, and you know all of a sudden say you know this is you know this is money and you know it, it really you know here we go again this is where mediocrity is becoming acceptable exactly which is <laughs> yeah. unfortunate yeah you know yeah. that you know or maybe you know you know playing against those guys 25 weeks a year is a little bit you know too stressful for me i only make you know eight cuts or whatever mm-hmm. you know then you know i'm gonna take the money Right. Yeah. So, right. you know, where, where's the balance in that, I guess, is, yeah. uh, you know, but I, I, I don't begrudge any decision, you know, that no. e- either player makes. And David and, Faraday just went over, right? Yeah. He's yeah. a, as a yeah. broadcaster. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a personal decision. And, you know, you, you all, you know, all goes back to, you know, these guys are, you know, probably in their what, thirties and forties and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they've got a long uh, life left ahead of them, you hope. And, and they've got families and, you know, you, that's, you know, and and I always look back and say that shit. You know, I, I was fighting every week to you know try to take care of my family. Exactly. You know, and because nobody else is. You know, if I wasn't women uh, winning, they weren't going to say, "Here, Jimmy. You know, here's a million bucks. Take care of your family." Right. Yeah. You know. No, you had to fend for yourself. Yeah. So I mean, I I, I get it and 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 understand it, but I mean, uh, it, it's going to be interesting because the PGA Tour has been been so dominant. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, and 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 uh, and really being, you know, the tour, right? Uh, and and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And you know, uh, uh, Greg Norman, uh, you know, who is you know spearheading this, I, I think mm-hmm. he's you know had a bone to pick with the PGA Tour oh, for yeah. a while. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, I agree. Seems like he's enjoying like all of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is there yeah. one guy that sticks out to you guys that surprise? That's the biggest surprise that has. Um, defected to the LIV. Uh, there is for me. Kepka, I guess, was kind of surprising, just because I mean, he's feels like he's in the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. He wins, you know, he's always in in majors, and I, I when he went, I started taking it a little more serious. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, yeah. You know, what about I, you, Bubba Watson? I was, I, I don't know why. I was just, yeah. you know, was he's just, a little older. He's older, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I just was surprised that because that's another big name that went. Yeah. You know, that's yep. another big name. He's and, paid his dues. Right. You know, he's won, won two green jackets, yeah. uh, you know, and, and he's been around a long time, fought the battles and, and uh, yeah, but uh, you know, like I, like I said, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, you know, because you have in Europe, you have the DP tour, uh, you know, which is the European tour and, and you got the PGA tour, you know, you got the corn Ferry tour. Right. You know, pretty pretty soon it's going to be like like you know the alphabet of tennis, the ATP and the ITF. You know, it's go, it's going to be interesting to see you know how it plays out, and you know, but but uh, I will I will say and tell me what your thoughts are on this that when something comes in like that that big, you know, it, does that make everything better? You know that where 
the other tours and, and the more money will, you know, will come in like that? Or, or does that detract from it? I guess that's the question, huh? That's a good question. I think um, to a certain degree, like Brett said, Kepka going over that, that was a huge surprise also. But I think that, I think that uh, detracts from certainly the PGA tour because uh, fans aren't going to be able to see him out there, you know, playing in these events that he's so used to playing in. But um, I think it's a great question, Jimmy. I, I think time will tell because um, I think there are more defections to come, obviously. Mm -hmm. And depending on who those names are, I, I don't think Rory McIlroy is going to be one because he, he's been very outspoken about, you know, uh, players going over to the yeah. LIV. I wonder, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird because it breaks up the talent. So now these events, it never has, you know, all the best players in the mm -hmm. world right. competing in them. They're like cut in half. And then, uh, you know, like, what does that do, you know, going forward? But golf's weird because golf, you're not playing against each other. It's the one sport where you're playing the course. Right. You know, so they even had to come up and make kind of a gimmicky sort of playoff system. The FedEx Cup is kind of new. It's only, what, 10 or 15 yeah, years yeah. old. And they kind of like tinkered with it. Remember, it used to be different and different times and longer event. Mm -hmm. and all, you know, mm -hmm. and guys would bubble up and win that hadn't even been playing well all year, you know. So it's not like where it's like, oh, we, we play all season and then we get to here and we have the playoffs and you play each other. It's kind of like every event is its individual kind of event. You know what I mean? Right, so it's right, not like exactly. a basketball season. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the sad part is, is now you're not just having all the talent in one area, mm -hmm. you know, because it kind of comes down to every tournament's individual anyway. You tune in, you watch the U.S. Open for four days. Wow, that was awesome. And then you check out for a month or something. You tune into another event. Right, You're not like exactly. going like, did you check the playoff points? <laughs> like, how many points did that 18th place finish get them? You know, like, who cares? You know, yeah, yeah. it's kind of a gimmicky system as it is. So the lame part is that it's going to cut the talent pool in half. Mm -hmm. You know, and half the guys are playing in this tournament this week and half are over here. And I mean, I guess that yeah. just gives more guys opportunities coming up though, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to create opportunities for young guys, and and uh, you know, but but it seems to see, and, and we've talked about this before that you know, uh, it, it seems like it's going to have a revolving door if it mm -hmm. if it continues to have a life, and the revolving door is, uh, you know, what a lot of these guys who are talking about it eventually are going to be forty five, right? <laughs> you know, and and so and and right. they're. And, and, and if they keep offering that kind of money, all of a sudden they're going to be 45 and their hip's going to hurt and their back's going to hurt. And, you know, they're going to mm -hmm. say, you know, geez, I wish somebody would offer me that. So is that going to be a revolving door for, you know, more players to come over there if it, if it continues to have legs? I bet it is. Yeah. Right. I bet yeah. it is. Because these, these are the guys dogging it just like waiting to get their credentials. And then, you know, like now Finau's won a couple in a row. He's been against it. But if he pops up and wins a slam, another two tournaments in a year, does he consider it? Right. You know, because yeah. then he has For the credentials. Million. Right. Yeah. Well, or Norman right. comes up to him and says, yeah, here's $150 million or here's a check for a yeah. hundred million bucks. Now, how do you walk away from that? The no. PGA you just know. becomes like this proving ground to like jump right. to the next payoff level. Right. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. It's a sophisticated corn fairy tour. Right. <laughs> it's going it's to be interesting to, uh, you know, I, I enjoy following it. I, I like, I, I enjoy hearing, you know, both sides, you know, from the players on both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the guys on the PGA tour, a lot of the guys, I mean, they are adamant, uh, you know, and, and that they're, that the way they feel about it and, and, uh, you know, to, you know, to hear some of the guys in interviews say, you know, if you had something to say to Greg Norman, what would you say? He says, I don't have time for him now. That was, wow. That was, that was, Interesting. That was, you know, Dave, I heard an interview. Now. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Well, now. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now. <laughs> when I can't make a cut or if I have a couple slams in my pocket. Exactly. And I want pay out, right. Then I got his number. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Then we can call Uncle Greg. Be, be, it's, a, it's a good story. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if something like that happened in tennis. You right. know, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's possible to go and, and, uh, uh, I, I don't know outside of, uh, I don't think there's enough stars. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say outside of a number of the, uh, there's just almost the not here. enough stars for tennis and tennis. Well, <laughs> that's well said. <laughs> true. Uh, Very uh, true. Yeah, sure. I mean, but are they going to get a TV deal done? I mean, how's, how's this right going to work? I think it's on YouTube. Like Norman comes out and says, hey, watch us for free. We're on YouTube. You know, like I, I uh -huh. think they're like, they don't have people probably who want to commit to on the level they want. And also they're just, you know, give it away for free. The first taste is free. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, let everyone get into it and then start to follow it. And, and then, you know, eventually maybe they get a deal with a network or yeah. some streaming service or something. But that's a good question. Uh, you know, they're getting Faraday. They're, they're trying to get uh, Charles Barkley to, you know, mm -hmm. for that. Obviously, you know, 
uh, what are they going to do? Go on YouTube and call it on YouTube? Maybe I, so. I yeah. mean, I mean, what network is going to take the chance at, you know, with all the blowback that network's going to get for uh, no. the same reason the golfers are getting all this blowback. I mean, the networks would, I think that's why no one's jumped on it right now, because I don't think it's a money issue that, I mean, these people have all the money in the world to, to pay for whatever they need. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Someone will do it. They just, it's like a proof of concept right now. Like they're kind of proving to the world that like, is this really going to work? Are people going to be in, right. you know, like everyone's dogging it, but if they keep going they do another year, someone will jump on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they just keep adding new players and new names and having like events and cool places. And mm -hmm. I mean, we'll see. I got a question. Yeah, we've been friends a long time and I know uh, you know, you're you're back and forth to New Jersey. I know your your pops is is still back there and, mm -hmm. and you go back to visit him. Yeah, what what are your connections back there? Uh, you know, you went to Chico State and you basically just stayed here in California, right? Yeah, but I started college back at Fairleigh Dickinson in uh, Madison, New Jersey. Uh, Jimmy, I, that's in fact uh, I lived in New Jersey for almost eight years, mm. and I love it back there. I mean, I I just I love the Northeast. I love uh, you know I love the fact that uh, um, you have the the four seasons. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the heat and humidity. I can deal with the cold, but the heat and humidity. Mm -hmm. It really gets to me. Um, but I, I've still got a few friends back there. Bart Henderson uh, is a dear friend of mine. And, and I, I get to talk to him when I go back there and see him. And who, who is that? Bart, he's just a friend. Oh, he's just, just, oh, yeah. just a friend. And, uh, and, you know, so he's been one who's been very good to my parents, he and his wife. And, um, and so it's, but the people are just, you know, they're spectacular back there. And I know, I mean, if somebody asked you, what was your favorite? city you know where you competed i would i would have to think new york would be near the top of the list oh, yeah. right yeah 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 the fan the fans there and and you know the people of uh, the city it, it's always been fascinating to me that uh, area mm -hmm. uh, because of, of all the sports that are there you know they, they've got everything you know by the way but but you know just their attitudes and their pace and you know you know in new york city you know everybody's you know, walking at Mach 10, but where the hell are they going? Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, but to get outside the city, uh, you know, we, we lived in Connecticut for, you know, for six or seven months. And, and, you know, once you get outside the city is almost like, you know, you know, <laughs> it slows down. It a slows down bit. And, and, uh, well, people know, get stuff done yesterday, not today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, or not tomorrow. But, uh, they get it done today. Yeah, but it's a, it's it's interesting back there. I've always loved it back there. You know, from from when I was fifteen and first started playing, going and playing in Orange, New Jersey, and mm -hmm. you know, in Boston and you know, Philadelphia and you know, up or, you know, New York especially, and and it's uh it's always been a you know been a good place for me. Yeah. But but uh, for for you to go for you to go back there and and would you ever move back there or, or are you are you happy right here? Oh, I'm happy here. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, I'm happy tough here. Tough to leave this area, right? Oh yeah. A little easier to go Jersey to Santa Barbara than Santa Barbara. We're all blessed to be here. The line backwards is yeah. a little shorter yeah. than the line oh, coming we're out. We're all blessed to be here. <laughs> well, how did did you kick? And you kicked at Chico State. You were a, and at Fairleigh Dickinson both. You did, yeah. In and high school, Barry, and no, I never played in high school. I was too small. I just I grew like a weed once I got out of high school. Yeah. And then what? You did you play soccer? How did you know that you could kick? You just, I just one day it tried up. it with a couple soccer balls. I just started kicking, and I realized if I take my shoe off, I can kick it farther and harder. <laughs> and and so that was that was how I did it barefoot. But it was yeah. I just you know, and Chico State needed a kicker and. And That's I, awesome. And I went there for the communications program that Chico State has, because back then it was really good. I don't know what it is now, but Mike Pilotti was my head coach, the former Oregon coach. And, oh, yeah. And uh, he, he was great. He was A he lot was of people awesome. go to Chico State for, quote, unquote, the communications program. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, yes, I do. A lot of good communicating going on out there. <laughs> How was the team when you played? Were they pretty good? Yeah, it was. The team wasn't bad. Was I it mean, fun to be like? Because uh, like when you're a kicker, you don't have to get hit and no. go through as much of the stuff. So was no. it fun to like get the football experience without having to like really go all the way in? Yeah, yeah, it was fun. But what I I made sure that I did everything in practice that I could, and including 
the running drills at the end of practice. Like a lot of kickers, even in the NFL, they'll do their special teams work and then they'll take off, mm. you know, because their job is done for the day. Mm. But you want to, you want to align yourself with these, with these linemen and these linebackers and all these guys who could eat you for lunch. You want to make sure that you're on their best side. Mm. And so I would stay and do everything I could. Um, you know, to help out if that meant, you know, just throwing balls to a couple of receivers who were going to go in and do some drills, um, just throwing on the sidelines or running at the end of practice because the, the players appreciate that. Right. And when you miss a field goal, then they, you know, Pick they pat you, you on the back as opposed to get pissed off at you. Yeah, but 19 you, out of 21, not too bad. So no, but, uh, but the, the extra good. points were were something else. They were awful. I was less really? than 50% on in extra, extra points. points. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It was just like the, you know, Steve Sachs after a while couldn't throw the ball to first base from his second base position anymore. You know, it just, it was a mental block that I couldn't get over. I had the yips. You had the foot yips. The foot yips. (laughs) (laughs) The fits. I I don't know. uh, The the way he's been putting the last couple, he doesn't have any yips on the golf course. He's been sinking them. Mr. (laughs) Texas Wedge himself Uh, over here. He'll putt from 60 yards off the green and put it to a foot. We got to get you playing more golf with us, Brad. I know you're busy, but we got to get you. We'll get out there. Yeah. Yeah, Get out there. And this was fun. I enjoy being with you guys very much. Yeah, it was fun yesterday. It was a good time. uh, So what do you think about the upcoming NFL season, Mr. Kicker? Um, Do you think the Rams can go back to back? I don't see why not. Yeah, they're yeah, pretty they've, good. They've, they've got their guys tied up, the, the ones they want with contracts, and you know they've taken care of everything off the field. I think in the off season, I'm I'm surprised Tom Brady's coming back. Yeah. You know, um, I think he what did he he quit and then had a you know it's um, his third come out of retirement come out of retirement yeah. right. And what are they going to yeah. they're going to pay him like <laughs> yeah. thirty seven million dollars to broadcast once he's done. I guess so. thirty seven million dollars well, to broadcast. Right. That's a that's a lot. We met Jim Gray the other day. Had you ever met him before, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah I've, uh, I've he's been around the tennis quite a bit in the old days, and and uh, yeah, 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 he he, co- a bit. he co-hosts a show on Monday nights with Tom Brady. So that's, uh, but I, you know, I think Brady's great for the game. I think, uh, I think you know, it's going to be interesting to see if he can take the Buccaneers deep in the playoffs. I I don't know anything about Tampa Bay. I don't know what kind of talent they have around him, but, um, it's he, pretty good. They he, had, they signed Julio Jones. So it's like the oh, fourth did. receiver okay. or something. Wow. Well, he can sure so, make things happen up yeah. where Brady can. Should be a fun season. Yeah. Coming up. Yeah. We, we, we talk all the time, Jerry, and, and, uh, you know, Brett, Brett's a Miami Dolphin fan and, mm. and, uh, you know, he go mm, right away, <laughs> you know, and before the season even starts now, they've had controversy down there and, yeah. and, mm. you know, but, uh, you know, with with, uh, with 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 the teams, you know, the the Raiders have gone to Vegas, and and uh, you know that now Vegas is you know you know trying to Chargers re- came to L.A. Chargers came right. to L.A. Vegas is trying to lure a, a, a basketball team in there now, and so what is, is there any uh, you know St. Louis had the Rams now they're mm-hmm. now they're back out here right. they were here then went to St. Louis I mean right what what's the what what's the loyalty in uh, for a team? Is there any, or is it just you know trying to go? Raiders left Oakland twice. Yeah. I mean they left when the old man was alive, and they they came down to L.A. and then they went back, and now they're in Las Vegas. I don't know if there's any loyalty and, and, anymore. And doing well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah just, exactly. Uh, well, that Coliseum is a dump yeah. that they used to play in, and CA's stadium now it's a dump. I mean, what's the attraction of going to a game there? You mm-hmm. know, it's, everything is so old and outdated and whatnot but it's a great question jimmy i don't know where the loyalty is anymore i know fans are you know there are a lot of a lot of st louis rams fans that are probably still fans a lot of raider fans are still fans of the raiders the 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 raiders games in in las vegas are half full from from oakland Yeah, you know, from yeah, the, from people, the people they, fly out to Vegas or right, drive, make it a weekend. Yeah, yeah, which is great business for for Las Vegas too. The hotels are full, the restaurants, yeah. you know, and all that. So it's it's great business for them. So I can see why they're trying to lure a basketball team there also. Yeah, you exactly. Know, to, you know, that's what, uh, how many games is that? 40, 41. 41 games. Forty one home games. Forty one right. home games, and you know, you get that kind of loyalty. That's that's gonna you know and help the, the hockey team Los does me. really well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the Knights, the, the Knights, they do really well out there. Yeah, I think I think people love their because let's face it. I mean, before the Golden Knights moved there, 
before the Raiders moved there. The Oakland A's might be on the way to moving there. But Las Vegas didn't have any pro teams because they you couldn't even bet on you I mean, could, you, couldn't even bet on yeah. you couldn't even bet Nevada on unlv yeah. well that's quite i was just going to say that's question about a pro team what do unlv pretty they were they had some players there very true the running rebels yeah yeah, yeah but, but it's, it's, it's going to be interesting and and uh geez you know las vegas I was talking uh, the other day about las vegas how it's you know totally changed from you know from the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. when it was you know, run differently. It's become so corporate and, and, you know, what they brought in and how they've built it up. And, you know, so, so many new family. hotels, you know, family, but also, you know, clubs. It used to be the gambling. Now it's clubs, you know, where, you know, it's 1500 bucks to get in and you get a big bottle of vodka and then, wow. you know, and it's the music and it's <clears> the clubs, yeah, yeah, bottle service. Yeah. And, yeah. Bottle service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but, but, the, you know, they, they've gone, it seems to me that they've gone to uh, enticing the, the youth, the, mm-hmm. the younger people to come in as opposed to, you know, having somebody fly on on their, their own 757, you know, that, and right. be a whale and gamble, you, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's, yeah, uh, they want the younger crowd yeah, and, and they're getting it with that, football and, they're getting it with yeah, hockey. Yeah. You know, whatever they're doing, it seems, you know, it's, it, it's crowded. Yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe that's a good investment. We should look into some of those, <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> some of those casinos, invest in some of that. <laughs> exactly. They don't exactly. build it with uh, losing money. No, no, that's no. For sure. Somebody's paying for those lights, and that's us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. What What else you got? Anything, Jerry? Uh, you guys have just been awesome. Yeah, I love doing this. It was with fun, you. dude. Yeah, it was good having you on. I know we, we wanted well, to for you. a long time. Yep. <laughs> thank you for. It's your been time. great. Oh, oh. No, I'm just babbling on over here. But no, that, but, uh, you know, wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, go ahead. Don't you have a movie? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Isn't there a movie that yeah, you so, started? So, wait a minute. Uh, uh, <laughs> kicker? Kicker, sports legend, broadcaster, UCSB sports cover, <laughs> golfing legend, Stop dog eater, stage screen, mustard spiller. <laughs> yeah, there, there, I'm, I'm Hall of Fame. There, yes. Tell, no, we tell did, us, tell us about the movie. Oh, we did a when I was at Channel Three KEYT in Santa Barbara. There was a a young man by the name of Chandler Landon, and he was a camera operator, and he was an aspiring independent filmmaker. So he got permission from the station for us to be able to film the movie there with the set and everything. I mean, you have a built-in set, you have a TV station there. And the premise was I was the weekend news anchor and I, we played off the egos of TV people. Some of the TV people out there have some pretty big egos. (laughs) And so I was one of these and I thought I was better than the weekday anchor. And so I was getting no breaks. And so I went out and started committing crimes and being the first to report on them, like killing people and burning down houses and stuff like that. (laughs) And then I'd be the first to report on it. So I'd get promoted to the main, to the main show news anchor. Right. Well, what was the name of the movie? Breaking news. Breaking news. (laughs) Is is there anywhere we can find it? Is there a link? Can we watch it? I think it's still on Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, it it actually made it to Netflix for two years, but Chandler did a great job. Breaking news. Yeah, Chandler did a great job with it. And I really gained a, tre- I mean, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for, you know, the Robert De Niro's and Denzel Washington's. And, <laughs> but I, I, I had no idea, honestly, guys, I had no idea how hard it was to try to just be decent at it, you know? Yeah. It's hard. To so would you take like a lot of takes or was it more like a. Oh, yeah. A, oh, yeah. A yeah, reality no. kind of show. No, no, no. There were a lot of takes. A lot of takes. A lot of takes. Was it fun though? Did, did, oh, it did you enjoy it? Yeah, it took us about seven months to do it, Jimmy, because of everybody's schedule. <laughs> yeah. You know, he Bitting had it all in. Yeah, and you know, we had our our day jobs, and we should you know be thankful that we had those day jobs after <laughs> this. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun, and it made it to the Santa Barbara Film Festival. So Chandler was really very proud, and he should be. But, but none of us. Um, are going to blow away the world with our acting talent. So, so, what, so what was your what was your name in the movie? Jerry Blackwell. Jerry. <laughs> I want to get it. I want to no, watch it. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to waste your time. Uh, break, breaking news for all, all all the supporters and our fans out there of Advantage Counters. Don't go out and get it. We want to hear some some of your some questions yeah, and some reviews on it. Do you Let us know. He was moving back 
to to Jersey when he's a local sports hero, covers the sports teams. <laughs> he has a movie about himself in the local film festival. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> Santa Barbara probably wishes I was. He's been building this reputation for a long time yeah. in this town. No, but you guys are great. Thank you for having Gary, me Gary, thanks for being on. And, thanks, uh, Jimmy. And thanks, Brett. Thanks, Jerry, man. For all our fans out there, you can uh, follow me on uh, at Jimmy Connors uh, on Twitter uh, at ADV Connors. Uh, Advantage Connors spelled out. Uh, Brett at Brett underscore Connors on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm at, getting pretty good at yeah, that. You're getting, yeah, you're yeah, getting, getting very good at that. At Gold Dude Isabella on yeah. Instagram. Are you on anything, uh, No, Jerry? I'm not. No. Jerry's a renaissance man, not on any social media at here. San <laughs> <laughs> at San Quentin. At San Quentin dot org. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, right. you guys. Guys, this was fun, and uh, we'll check in with everybody next week. Peace.